Darkness is not an affirmative force. It simply reoccupies the space vacated by the light. This is the Hamilton Quarter on American Family Radio. It should be uncomfortable for a believer to live as a hypocrite. Delivering people out of the bondage of mainstream media and the philosophies of this world. God has called you and me to be his ambassadors. Even in this dark moment, let's not miss our moment. And now, The Hamilton Corner. President Franklin D. Roosevelt addressed Congress on December 8, 1941, regarding December 7, 1941. And very famously, of course, President FDR said, quote, a date which will live in infamy. The United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. The attack yesterday on the Hawaiian Islands, this was December 7, 1941, has caused severe damage. Lives have been lost, and ultimately we would know that to be some 2,400-plus lives. Ships have been reported torpedoed between San Francisco and Honolulu. The Japanese government also launched an attack against uh, Malaya, Hong Kong, Guam, Philippine Islands, Wake Island, Midway Island. And he goes on, now listen to this, Our people, our territory, our interests are in grave danger with confidence in our armed forces and with the unbounding determination of our people, we will gain the inevitable triumph So help us, God. And with those words famously spoken some decades ago, I welcome you to today's edition of the Hamilton Corner. Alex McFarland here, coming to you from Colorado. I'm more than 9,000 feet above sea level in Woodland Park, Colorado, near Pikes Peak. And I'm up here teaching, and uh, maybe I'll tell you a little bit more about that later. But as we think back on Pearl Harbor Day, and as we look at the state of our nation in this day, Uh, I want to ask you a question, and I want some of your input. Uh, America, are we headed to ruin, or might we be on the eve of revival or renewal? Now, if you're a Christian, I'm a Christian, this is a Christian network, we have this wonderful biblical hope called revival, where God's people pray, and the Lord moves, and people return to the Lord, they repent of their sins, and the Bible makes many promises about revival. But even if you're not a Christian— What about the state of the nation in terms of possible renewal? Do you think there are enough Americans alive today that not only love liberty, but really understand what America is? Now, even as we speak, the Supreme Court is taking another look at Roe versus Wade, and I've got a whole, uh, honestly, a semester-long course I've taught at several universities about morality and how our nation was based on natural law. I mean, honestly, folks, um, I think we could argue against abortion just based on the fact that the philosophical foundation on which our government, our constitution, our liberties sit is called natural law. And we are endowed by our Creator with certain inalienable rights, the right to life. But Are we headed for ruin or revival, renewal as a nation? What do you think? The number is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Alex McFarland sitting in for Abe Hamilton. And by the way, if you uh, recognize my voice or know my name, not that I care that anybody knows my name, I care that everybody knows the name of Jesus, but you probably know me from a show that comes on two hours previously from now, And that show is Exploring the Word. It's a Bible teaching show heard on the American Family Radio Network. And for those that listen to Exploring the Word, 
Bert Harper and I, my co-host, we thank you. But the number is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840 on this. And I want to commemorate Pearl Harbor Day. Uh, I, my dad was a veteran. I've got a picture of my father with some of his high school buddies, Greensboro, North Carolina. They look like children. They really do. They were underage. And within days and weeks after Pearl Harbor, tens of thousands of Americans enlisted to serve our country, to defend our freedoms. My dad was among them. And I often ask my dad when he's there in his little Navy uniform with two of his buddies, they were all like, uh, one was 17, one was 16, one was 15, but they all lied about their age because they wanted to fight for America. Isn't that amazing, the patriotism? And it really does trouble me nowadays, just not only the lack of patriotism, but just the brazen uh, loathing for America. And I know of young people, uh, it's because they've been coached. I mean, kids that have gone to public school, they've been really groomed and coached to denigrate the United States of America. They don't know the godly heritage that we were built upon, and they really don't know there are generations. It's like the Bible says there arose a generation that knew not Joseph. But I want to ask you, if you would give me your thoughts. Now, I've got an article I want to bring up here, uh, and it tells me that maybe people, maybe, now just think about it, folks. We've lived in the age of Roe versus Wade, no-fault divorce, the redefinition of marriage, and to uh, live in a, a nation that is knocking down all moral boundaries. The only way we can really do that and sleep at night is to deny morality and the foundation of morality, which is God. Now, uh, psychologists tell us people can't forever live in a state of cognitive dissonance. When you know you're doing something wrong, you will either change your behavior or change your beliefs. Now, what our nation has done, because I know, deep, listen, the most ardent libertine deep in the core of their psyche, they know killing babies is wrong. Deep in their soul, they know pornography and immorality and uh, open borders. They know that we as a nation right now are doing things that are unjust and immoral. And in fact, with all of the, the mainstreaming of the LGBTQ trans movement, and I don't use this word lightly, I don't. I, if you've ever listened to me much at all, I think you know that I endeavor to choose my words with precision. But I would say this, um, teaching children about transgenderism and forbidding parents to have a say into whether or not their kids get vaccines, uh, here's the word I'm choosing for where we have gone culturally, legislatively, <laughs> in educationally, it's the word wicked. We're engaged in wickedness. May God help us. Just like FDR spoke on the day after Pearl Harbor, and he said, so help us God. I say today, so help us God. But I've got some stories that might be a little bit of encouragement for you, that we might be headed toward a revival and a renewal rather than probable ruin. But I've got uh, Mark from Ohio on, and uh, Mark, thanks for holding. The USA. Hey, Hi, uh, welcome. Uh, what's it going to be, man? Uh, ruin, renewal, revival, restoration? What do you think, Mark? I think if we don't have repentance, we're heading towards ruin. Um, 
Adrian Rogers Ministry, um, Love Worth Finding, they came out with a DVD a couple months ago called Nothing But the Truth. And at the start of it, they had three really alarming statistics. 10% of Christians, and I think they were talking about just this country, 10% of Christians believe that abortion's okay, 70% don't believe in absolute truth, and 64% look at pornography regularly. Mm. Um, there's a, a ton of talk about revival, which we need, but I, and that's God's choice. God chooses to send revival, but right. I do believe the Bible says that believers can choose to repent any time. Right. And I believe we've got to do that because we're in trouble. I mean, I mean, we've, you know, say what you will about our political situation. Um, there wasn't much said in the past four years when Trump was in office about the state of the church. I don't think it got better. I think it's probably gotten worse. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, we've got, uh, I don't know, we've, we've got people, unfortunately, in the, the Christian church that are idolized by some people. But these people have huge issues in their own lives that, that people are trying to cover up. And it's like idols in, in the church have no business. They got, there's no place in the church for idols. Only Jesus right. is to be worshipped. And, and I think a lot of people, they're just looking for a leader, even in the church, to tell them what to believe, what to think, what to do, and all that. And I don't hear people saying, we got to repent. I mean, a lot right. of people are saying we need revival. We do. But... We need to repent first. We really do. And and, and let me say this, too. Um, I I think a lot of responsibility lies on the shoulders of pastors. Now, I love the church, and I've spoken in in hundreds and hundreds of churches. It's an honor. But let me say for those that are pastors, you call it, you know, senior ministers, the teaching pastors, whomever. Look, if ever there were a time for pastors to, to proclaim the Word of God, and call people to repent from sin, and God is holy, and truth is truth, and if we don't repent, we will perish. That's what Christ said in Luke 13, 3. My goodness, I would think that any pastor that can even stand or walk or crawl to a pulpit every Sunday morning ought to be proclaiming uh, church, turn, repent, pray, or we're going to lose every—we're going to wind up slaves— of China, Russia, or some conglomeration of both, don't you think there's a mark of responsibility on the shoulders of pastors to trumpet forth righteousness, repentance, and truth at this hour? Absolutely. Alexis de Tocqueville, a hundred and, what, 70 years ago, he said when he went into the churches in America and he heard the pulpits aflame with righteousness, he realized that's the secret to our greatness. We don't have that. And I, I, I agree what you said, that they need that pastors need to call the, the people to repentance. I also think they need to, I've, I've been saved 40 years, and um, except for the church that I've started going to recently, in those first 40 years, I really never heard pastors urging their flock, spend time in the Word and prayer on your own every day. The mm-hmm. flock, the Christians need to learn how to feed themselves from the Word, Amen. and to cast their cares on the Lord, and spend time in prayer every day, because we don't know what's happening. If Afghanistan and all that stuff over there decides to come over here, you know, and we have a terrorist attack, with this administration, it'll be terrorist attack, martial law, lockdown, that's it. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, Mark from Ohio, thanks. We're going to go to Mikey in Texas. You know, I was just reading an article over the weekend about how the perceived weakness and frailty of President Biden, and listen, I pray for the president, I do, 
The Lord knows I wish him no ill. I pray for him. But look, um, there's a video online of him trying to defend his mental competency, and he can't even pronounce it. And he says, I'm mentally competent. Com- he bless his heart. My, my heart just breaks. And I think his wife, uh, Dr. Jill Biden, for, I mean, what wife would allow their husband to go through something like that when clearly, uh, physically, and I, I really don't, I don't think intellectually, cognitively, he's up for leading the free world, and his perceived weakness is em- empowering our enemies. But Mikey from Texas, I want to get you in before this first break. This is the Hamilton Corner on the American Family Radio Network. Alex McFarland sitting in for Abe Hamilton. Mikey from Texas, you're on. Hello, and how are you doing this evening? Good. Glad to hear from you, my friend. Hey, uh, renewal, revival, or ruin? Where's America headed, my friend? Honestly, I do agree, unless there is repentance, we're heading to ruin. I'm setting my expectations low, but my hopes high. I just wanted to ask if a servant of Satan, who is known as the morning star or something like that, is mentioned that he masquerades as an angel of light, how would we be able to tell with our eyes and with our spirit? How would we be able to tell? Hey, that is a great question. That is a great question. You know, 1 John 2, 22 says that here's one of the ways we know the spirit of Antichrist. 1 John 2, 22, and I would encourage you to read not the Gospel of John, but you go to the book of Revelation and back up a few pages. You'll find the 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. All right, listen, whether it's a, an elected official, an academic, or a celebrity pundit, it said... He, Antichrist is coming, but even now the spirit of Antichrist is in the world. And who is Antichrist? But he who denies that Jesus is come in the flesh. See, one of the litmus tests for orthodoxy, and you need to know where, where your pastor stands on this. And, and folks, this is scripture. Is Jesus the one and only Son of God, God incarnate, not a good man, not a great teacher, but God incarnate, the second member of the Trinity, do you deny Jesus or affirm Jesus? The spirit, the mindset of Antichrist is to to deny that Jesus is the one and only Savior. There are no other ways to heaven, only through Jesus Christ. Stay tuned. We're going to come back right after this brief break on the American Family Radio Network. Alex McFarland, my website is alexmcfarland.com. This is the Hamilton Corner. Much, much more. Revival, repentance, ruin. Where's America headed? We'll discuss with your calls and more when we come back. Shining light into the darkness. This is the Hamilton Corner on American Family Radio. Welcome back. Welcome back. May the Lord bless you indeed. Alex McFarland sitting in for Abe Hamilton on the Hamilton Corner. You know, this is the date that we're uh, thinking back on Pearl Harbor, and I'm going to continue with that. But right now, I've got something really exciting that is very special to me. Um, You know, coming up very quickly, churches everywhere that have packed shoeboxes, those shoeboxes are being delivered all around the world. The Operation Christmas Child, the green and red shoeboxes that Franklin Graham and his amazing team, Samaritan's Purse, it's grown to be just a global phenomenon. And part of the reason that 
the Operation Christmas Child Ministry. Okay, welcome back. Alex McFarland here. We had a little technical glitch right there, but we have got Hannah Bolvey. She's the development manager for Operation Christmas Child. And Hannah, thanks for holding. Hey, when we're doing national radio once in a while, there's a glitch, but it is so good to have you back on the American Family Radio Network. Thank you so much. It is good to be with you. Oh, well, thanks so much. And um, I don't know where I dropped you, but listen, I want to make use of our time um, the Greatest Journey uh, is is kind of the follow-up from the shoeboxes, Operation Christmas Child. If, if I'm saying this correctly, and you uh, help me out here, but when the, the young people, they make a decision for the Lord, the Greatest Journey really disciples them in what it means to be a Christian, doesn't it? It does. And even before they make a decision for the Lord, you know, when, when a child receives a shoebox gift, we make every effort to make sure that the gospel is clearly and concisely um, explain to them in a, in a child-friendly and engaging way. And many children do, at that point, make a decision for Christ. Um, but we do not want to stop there, and we do not want to assume that, you know, that's the end um, for a child who has not yet made a decision to Christ. So every child who receives a shoebox, um, you know, at a particular um, outreach event or location is invited to come back regardless of what they have or haven't made a decision on, mm-hmm. um, to come back to begin a 12-lesson discipleship program so that they can either learn more um, and make a decision or so that they can grow in their new faith. And so, yes, 12 lessons focused on helping children um, genuinely know um, the gospel be able to grow in the gospel and, and really feed themselves. I think one of your um, guests was just talking about the importance of that, of, of, of discipling people to the point where they can, they can teach sure. themselves, you know, and then um, helping them to, to learn and understand the value and the importance of sharing him with others. So um, yes, it's an amazing program. And, and, and- um, you know, before, I, I don't know exactly where I dropped out momentarily, but I was talking about the fact for just $6. And folks, mm-hmm. what what an ROI, what a return on investment. $6, and you can give, and I want to ask you to give. Folks, uh, you can go to AFR.net, as in AmericanFamilyRadio.net, just $6, 10 children, 10 young people discipled in the greatest journey, $60. And uh, Hannah, I think there's also a toll-free number people can call too, correct? Yes, if you call one eight seven seven six one six two three nine six, I'll give that again, one eight seven seven six one six two three nine six. You can give that way as well. And and let me just say this, folks. And we're talking with Hannah Bolvey of Samaritan's Purse. the The whole world knows and loves Franklin Graham and all that is done through Samaritan's Purse throughout the year, and of course. The, uh, the green and red shoeboxes are universally recognizable. But I want to say this, the greatest journey, uh, the materials that are produced in conjunction with the Billy Graham ministry, you know the Billy Graham ministry, it's going to be biblical. It's going to be right. It's going to be truthful. And so you can give with absolute confidence. You know, Hannah, I, uh, my wife and I lived in Charlotte, and I've spent a lot of time in Asheville and Boone. Mm-hmm. And many of your colleagues I know, and folks, I want to tell you, Franklin Graham and his team are the real deal. And you support this. You're taking the gospel of Jesus to the very ends of the earth. And so we want as many young people, children, 
and parents even get this too. We want as many on this great gospel journey as possible, don't we, Hannah? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we have amazing pastors and teachers and ministry partners all over the world who would love to have the opportunity to disciple the children in their communities, but they do not have the tools or resources to do that, which is mind blowing. You know, when you, when you think about, you know, the resources that the average, even small American church has at their fingertips for free online, uh, much less the ones that they can buy, but to, to live in a a language and a culture where they're, they're literally, there's nothing available. Um, So we are actively translating um, materials into over a hundred languages, oh my and um, we are providing Bibles. Um, yeah, when when a child goes through the greatest journey, they get a, a workbook that walks through twelve lessons. They get um, a Bible in their own language. They get a graduation graduation certificate for when they finish, and then mm. also that teacher gets resources as well as training, which I think is so key. Um, that we are really helping to launch children's ministries all over the globe in places where there have not been, where there has not been a focus on mm-hmm. um, reaching the children um, through this through this ministry through this program. Folks, it's it's really easy, and you know we don't do this a lot. Uh, what we do on exploring the word, we teach the Bible on the Hamilton Corner. We give the news and biblical worldview. Uh, Hannah, I don't really issue a lot of like calls to action. But folks, I'm throwing one out here now, and I want to ask you to go to AFR.net, as in American Family Radio, AFR.net, $6, come on, uh, you can do this. A tank of gas, $60, 10 kids will be discipled in the greatest journey. And so do this at Christmas. I mean, God so loved the world that he sent Jesus, and we need to so love the Lord that we obey his great commission. And a very fruitful way you can do that is participate in the greatest journey. Six dollars per person will be discipled. But Hannah, I've got to ask this: if if you know, uh, how many shoeboxes are being uh, dispersed around the globe this year? Do you know, Hannah? You know, we are still um, in the process of figuring that out. Um, the <laughs> boxes have come in in November, and they're getting sent to processing centers. So all of those cartons that have been filled are being opened up and inspected so we'll have an accurate count coming up here um, in the next couple weeks but at this point um, the numbers are looking really good this year last year we packed um, a little over eight million shoe boxes in the united states and this year it looks like we're going to be tracking a little higher than that which is exciting eight million yes wow i like what you said you know the churches and i love churches uh, all over the country all over the western world but you know Samaritan's Purse is an arm of missions that the average church couldn't afford to go to, but Mm -hmm. we can link arms together and we can do much more together than we could do individually. It is a partnership, isn't it? You know, it really is. And we are very um, clear on the fact and and we understand that the Lord was very clear when, when he left, he left the mandate that the church would prevail and that the gates of hell would not prevail against it. And so his plan for reaching the world is the church. There is no plan yeah. B. That is plan A and that is it. And so we see our role as coming alongside and equipping the church. And the role of every yeah. believer is to make the church more beautiful, to mm-hmm. make 
the church a closer representation of who Jesus is wherever we find her. However, whatever kind of a mess she may be in, we we want to make her more beautiful and and stronger because that's the job um, that we have all been given. And so we love the fact that we get to partner with churches all over the world. You know, God God already has his people. The the biggest... Mm -hmm in-place volunteer network in the world is this the people of God motivated by the Spirit of God, you know? Amen. And so um, we know that we are already linking up with something that God is already doing. And so we want to support local churches all over the world and equip them to reach the communities where God has already put them. He's already given them a heart and a passion for their neighbors. So let's equip them um, with the resources. That's all that they need is the resources and the encouragement um, to yeah. go. Uh, I mean, can you imagine this, folks? And Hannah, I want to get a little bit of your background, but $6. All right. Uh, the shoeboxes go forth. Uh, young people and children, they get the gospel. Every one of those shoeboxes. And I know because Hannah, my church in Greensboro, North Carolina, where I live, we've gone down to Charlotte to help with the, the shoeboxes. And we've gone to Boone to tour Samaritan's Purse. Mm-hmm. And I know that the gospel is in every one of those shoeboxes. But then when people make a decision, uh, Samaritan's Purse and Billy Graham follows up and six dollars will underwrite the discipleship and the Bible training for the people who make those decisions. Folks, if you would go to AFR.net, uh, the website American Family Radio, and um, help me out, Hannah, what is that number they can call to Certainly. participate? It is one eight seven seven six one six two three nine six. Gotcha. Well, how did the Lord bring you to Samaritan's Purse? <laughs> well, um, I was on staff at a church in the Midwest, um, working with kids in family ministry and just really seeing firsthand some of the gap in the American church with really discipling our kids and just the Lord used my time in that, that ministry to, to break my heart, to get a little bit fed up, um, <laughs> with, mm. with what the, the diet that we were typically feeding our kids and to be a little bit heartbroken with, um, the fact that we were bleeding out our students, um, once they were old enough to walk away from the church yeah. and really began saying, okay, like if they are not staying, it's because we haven't given them anything worth staying for. Mm. And wow. so that's on us. Yeah. And so really realized, you know, that we were giving them morality. We were giving them fun. We were giving them fluff. And I was just like, I, I can't be fluffy anymore. Yeah. And um, so I began to really... Um, I decided, you know, the curriculum we're going to use is called the Bible, and we're going to expect our kids to own one and to to read it. And, you know, we're going to help them with basic tools on how to read it for themselves. That's really what became my heartbeat. And in that process, our church was packing shoeboxes, and I found out about the Greatest Journey Discipleship Program, and I opened it up. And on every single lesson— after the they after they read the Bible story and and hear the teacher kind of explain some of it, they ask three basic questions. What does this story tell us about who God is? What does it say about people? Who are who are the people? What are they doing? Who who is humanity? And then what have I learned and what will I do? And it was like a light bulb went off in my head and in my heart and I was like, That's it. We need to just look at God's word and say, God, who are you? Who does that mm. make me and what am I supposed to do or be different because of that? And it's such a basic 
101 level discipleship, but yeah. it is so powerful for a child. It, it is. Kids today, everybody, you know, talk, not everybody, but many people talk about, like you say, we're bleeding out our young people and we're losing youth. But I believe young people, they want something worth living for. Absolutely. I mean, kids, I want to tell you something, folks. What she's saying is right. They will respond to the Word of God. They will respond to truth. But they don't want a fluffy, watered-down Christianity. They want something worth dying for. That's right. And the, the, the greatest journey, $6. Come on, people, 6 bucks, And you will bring its material produced, Billy Graham, Samaritan's Purse. You know it's going to be right. It's going to be biblical. Go to AFR.net. Or Hannah, one more time, give that toll-free number, please. one 616 Hannah Bolvey of Samaritan's Purse, please tell Franklin Graham and all your staff, God bless you, we love you, and Merry Christmas. Thank you. We stand with you. Folks, you're listening to the American Family Radio Network, The Hamilton Corner. Alex McFarland will be right back after this brief break. I want your calls. Is America headed to renewal, revival, ruin? What do you think is going to happen? I've got some headlines that I think might be of interest. Stay tuned. We're back after this brief break. 888-589-8840. Call us. 888-589-8840. After this, we'll hear from you. Hamilton Quarter podcast and one-minute commentaries are available at AFR.net. Back to the Hamilton Quarter on American Family Radio. Okay, there's an interesting headline today out of Texas, uh, San Antonio, Texas, at the behest of Republican lawmaker Matt Krause. There was a, a letter sent to the Texas Education Board with a list of 850 books. Now, the part of the reason this caught my attention, uh, not too long ago, I got a pop-up from Amazon about a, a book called Woke Baby. Think about it, Woke Baby. And it, it's basically a children's book trying to, from toddlerhood upward, teach them about critical race theory, systemic racism, how uh, bad America is, and the author is very brazen that she, you know, uh, has written a book for children, Woke Baby, because from the cradle upward, they want to, you know, really groom young people and children toward socialistic ideas. And in a similar book, now I'm, I'm looking at Amazon.com and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, here's a professionally published book uh, trying to make toddlers and children woke. OK, and then another pop up comes up. And I hate to even use this, uh, but I don't want to give any PR, but it's a book called The Gay BCs. And it's teaching the alphabet from an LGBTQ trans perspective. Alex McFarlane here. This is the Hamilton Corner. You're listening to the American Family Radio Network. I want to get right back to calls. And I know we've got a caller from Virginia holding. And I want your thoughts on this. But I was encouraged because there's a story today how a Republican lawmaker representing thousands of citizens and hundreds of parents sent a letter to the Texas uh, Education Board, and it, it resulted in 414 books being pulled from the shelves of Texas public schools. And these were books that, uh, it says, um, causes an individual to feel uh, discomfort, anguish, guilt, 
uh, because of their race or sex. And it, in other words, some of these books, they were said to be, quote, pornography, and they are books that teach LGBTQ trans ideas. And so, you know what? It's been said that, you know, all politics is local politics. I'm encouraged when parents, citizens, lawmakers say to these school boards, look, we don't want our kids to be indoctrinated into immoral ideas, deviant ideas. We don't want our kids to be coached to hate the United States of America. Because, look, I mean, if you you say that long enough, you do that uh, often enough, then there's going to be nobody that remembers, hey, we've got a nation here that's worth fighting for and worth caring about. And on this this Pearl Harbor Day, where in 1941 we suffered invasion and trauma by bombs and airplanes, today it's worldview ideas. We're in a philosophical battle, but more than that, we're in a spiritual battle. I want to go to the phones. Uh, do we still have Chris from Virginia? Chris, are you there? Hello, Chris. Hey, hey, Alex. hey, man. Thanks for holding. I, I yes, I appreciate of that. Course. Yeah, um, Absolutely. what are your um, thoughts on this, Chris? Well, I'm one of those 30-something millennials that uh, grew up in the church, and I just watched my friends through college in the you know, 2000s, and they could vote, you know, 2008. They uh, all turned away from Christianity. And over the years, my, my own siblings, like I'm the only one who still kind of has like faith um, in, in Jesus. And um, I just think it's kind of interesting, like this idea of like, you know, is, is America going to have a revival or we're going to have a uh, kind of turn away? And I just feel like like it's just kind of what I've seen in, in my generation and, you know, grew up in the 90s and, the, you know, early 2000s. And, you know, we were that generation that was like falling away, you know, the MTV mm. generation. And now I'm looking around going, it's only getting worse. So yeah. I, I, that's my, you know, my, my mentality right now when I, when I see things happening. There are great things happening. And there's people being saved and ministries happening, and I have to participate in a lot of them um, in my local church. But just overall, the attendance is way down, and it, we're, we're really falling away as a country. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you this. Okay, when you were like 15, 16 years old, were you in youth group? Yes, absolutely. All the time. <laughs> so I'm imagining uh, you did the youth group things and maybe went to a yep. conference. We did like went- centrifuge. Centrifuge, yeah, oh yeah. Southern Baptist, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, hey, been there, done that, centrifuge and all those things, the conferences, the concerts. So um, think back, if you would, Chris, when you were 15, 16, 17 years old, what did it mean to you at that point to be a Christian? Um, you know, it meant that I was around people that, uh, you know, like, loved each other we're looking out for each other it was a, it was a positive place um it didn't really mean like it wasn't popular it wasn't popular at school to be a christian um, but when i was in youth group it was just we we're all just like great friends and we always talk about those modern top experiences and we all really had that um when we were together um it's when like you know we started going away for college and, and things like that we started growing apart is when we i think a lot of people lost their faith yeah. Do, do you think, and listen, man, I came up in American youth ministry. I became a youth pastor in 89, and I mean, I still speak to youth, but I remember, and I was even concerned about it way back then, back in the day, 25 years ago, uh, it was all about fun 
and togetherness, and we hang out with our buds. But it wasn't about, I mean, it was in my youth group, but in, in all the youth ministry training conferences in the curriculum, it wasn't so much about, look, I'm a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am not an owner. I am, I've laid down my life to follow Jesus. Um, do you think that in the 90s American youth ministry, hey, man, we got the pizza, the paintball, the Pepsi, the fun, but we missed a true message of what it means to be a disciple? Absolutely. That's absolutely right. And now we are all in our 30s and having families, having, you know, not getting married. I'm, you know, I'm actually not married yet. And it's like no one's having children and, and those people are growing up and uh, not educating their children on, you know, what we went through in Sunday school. A lot of churches now don't even have Sunday school. They just have, oh, I know. you know, small groups that are great, but we're not teaching the word. Like, I don't see anywhere where they're really teaching the word, you know, Amen. like we did even back then. Well, um, is there hope? Chris, what do you think? I mean, are we too far gone? Uh, you know, I, I, I read a quote. I thought it was powerful. said that Christians are a harvest-minded church in an unseeded generation. We're a harvest-minded church in a, in a generation that just doesn't know. What, what do you think of your 20, 30-something peers? Do they even know really what, what Christianity or Jesus is? I think they, they, know, they know about being spiritual. They know about God. Um, what they don't know is that there's something bigger than themselves that, like, we, we're, like you said earlier about... Um, like having something to die for, having something that you believe so strongly in that you're willing to die for it. I don't think that's there. And I don't know how to have people who are my age, I mean, they don't care about. It's just not interesting. It doesn't pertain to them because they don't have anything that they really believe in. Um, yeah. You know. Wow. Chris from Virginia, God bless you. Merry Christmas. And you keep standing strong. Hey, and Merry listen, First Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Chris, you stand strong, and God is using you, I'm sure. Hey, we're going to go down to Florida. Jock in Florida. Jock, are you still there? And welcome to the American Family Radio Network. Hello, Jock. Yes, yes, I'm sorry. Yes, hello. Hey, man, thanks uh, for Alex, uh, thank you so much for just having the, the personality of Christ. It, it just so dwells in you and how you seek to find the positive and seek to find the good and, and so much. Um, I, I love listening to you teach on most any topic oh. when it comes to the Bible, in, in the Bible. God is so good. I, I am, the is. Lord has been so good to me, and I'm, I'm so thankful to be saved. But, uh, well, Jock, i got to ask you, man, uh, how's the spiritual climate in Florida? How's the Christian temperature well, down in Florida? I very, actually, uh, I travel the highways and byways from California to Florida con continually, consistently, and uh, uh, I'm finding that in across the United States that there is a, re a personal revival going on in the prodigal children of God at this time. Hmm. Uh, those that have known him and known him in a close, close relationship um, that have drifted due to maybe to just whatever reason, whether it be the very blessings that you get bestowed upon you, you get trapped within those sometimes. Um, and 
they've gone as far as they can go. We've gone as far as we can go, or I had, and um, and I was just losing. It was it was losing battle as far as trying to find happiness or anything in my life, and I waxed worse and worse searching it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm finding there's a lot of prodigal children out there today, like myself. And um, and God is speaking to them on a personal level, very much so in their spirit. As Christ is very much uh, doing the convicting, He's doing the, He's doing everything. As, as the Word says, He will take care of it. No man condemn another man. That, that's my job. Yeah. I think if we continue to teach, um, as Billy Graham teached, um, the, the and in the Trinity, um, you must be born again. As, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say the the message that people need to hear is that they must be born again. Uh, Have to. You know, the materialism, the achievements, the bling of life. And we get all that. We find ourselves empty. I think this nation and uh, this is uh, Alex McFarlane on the American Family Radio Network in December 7, 2021. I'm going to tell you what this nation needs is the message that every person can be born again through Jesus. I read a quote one time. It said, pity the man who gets everything he ever wanted. Because, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, Jock, we are so blessed. I mean, we've got uh, this embarrassment of riches here in America, and people get it, and they realize it's there's still an empty void in their soul, and only Jesus can fill that. Yes, yes. And in saying that, that... um you know, if you spoil a child, you spoil them hoping that they'll love you. And I think that's kind of what's happened in a way that we've been spoiled by God's blessings. And he's well, you know, if that don't work, as the blessings go away, you'll realize what you've lost. But at the same time, he's never giving up on any of us. And he, he does, we're not condemned by our Heavenly Father. That blood of Calvary got us covered. Um, Amen. You know, I mean, he looks down on his... His children, and if, if you're covered by the blood, you're covered by the blood, and that's that. And yeah. your past, present, and future sins. But at the same time, that spirit dwelleth in you, and if you're not coherent to the convicting power of the Holy Spirit, and it dwelleth in you, and it change, and it's changing your moral body and the way you think, and then you, if you put forth so much energy into your sin as I have, and as King Solomon had, I, I, King Solomon, I look back on, you know, I said, golly. So um, if you put forth that much energy into sin, if you put half of that much time, just half of that much time into the Word, into the spiritual growth of the of the Godhead. Oh, you, you'd be a spiritual wisdom. giant. Oh, you, we, in fact, we are giants. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's Hey, sin. listen. Forgive me, I have got to pull away. You are a blessing, my friend. And as you drive across America, you 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 do a prayer drive. Please intercede for this country and the places that you go. Bless you, my friend. Uh, we're going to, time fleets away. Mary from Oklahoma. Mary, are you still there? Are you still holding? Hey, I am. How are you? I love your show. Bless you. And, we love Oklahoma. <laughs> you know, um, hey, listen, folks, we might be going to Oklahoma in the fall of 2022. One of our Truth for New Generation conferences, our dear friend Paul Blair, who's at uh, Fairview Baptist over near Oklahoma City. Uh, keep your ears open because we might be doing one of our big worldview conferences in Oklahoma next fall. But Mary, what you well, got? That would be that would be wonderful. Well, 
I feel like I, I, I hit uh, last year my daughter. Uh, I went to the lake with my daughter and her family. We were out at the beaches. The kids were all playing. And they have a tendency to tie these boats up and this music's blaring. And this, and I'm sitting there listening to this music, which was so vile I could never even talk about it. Mm. I'm watching my 13-year-old granddaughter say the words. She doesn't listen to that kind of music. All the kids out there listening, and I, I said, where's the owner of this boat? And this woman said, oh, I don't, it's a friend of mine. Is there a promise that can you get them? The woman comes up and I said, do you realize this music that you are playing around these children? I, I am asking you to turn it off. Mm. My daughter, what'd, tells, what'd she, my say? daughter tells, she said no problem but my daughter who was raised in church a youth group Fox Creek, Sunday Sunday night Wednesday services loved God loved church got baptized I remember when she got hey, back Mary, from youth group. forgive me for interrupting <laughs> yeah. we're about out of time I read you you know we've got to impart to these young people discernment and a, a, a concern you know the Bible says that out of the heart flows the issues of life folks I want to encourage you on this pearl Harbor Commemoration Day. Pray for America. Stand for truth. I hope you have given your life to Jesus. We look forward to the next time we can be with you. Let me encourage you, your labor in the Lord is not in vain. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. God bless you. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.